Hello, keepers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're new, welcome. And if not, welcome back. I just want to say really quick, keepers, thank you for selling out another Keeping It Casual podcast event. And thank you, everybody who came out to the front yard at Ellis Island. MJ and I were so ecstatic to see all your beautiful faces. And hopefully you found some love connections. This month, I have amazing guests. They have toured the country in burlesque troops. They are the owners of Pinup on Tour, and they have also just put out a book that they co-wrote called Beauty is an Inside Job. Please welcome Kitty and Julia. Woo! Hi! Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. I know we had some scheduling issues, but I'm so happy we all got together. Um, you guys are my second episode as a solo artist, so this is really exciting. And I have to say, I absolutely loved your book. As soon as I got my hands on a copy of it, I started reading it at work, and I shouldn't have been reading at work, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things I found so brilliant about the way you guys wrote this is all the journal prompts you had throughout the book. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that. What brought on that idea? Julia. Oh, well, I I enjoy a good journal prompt. I think I've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of use out of them over the years um, from other people's books and other people I follow online and different things. So I took some of my favorite ones, redid them a little bit and added them into our book, um, kind of where they seemed to. I love that. My, um, my all-girl writing class is taught by uh, Pamela DeBar. Uh, the world's most famous groupie and she that's how she does it she gives us a writing prompt we have 12 minutes to write and like her first rule is don't think just write Mm -hmm. and so that really really helps me to get out of my head so I love that you guys had that I was like oh I feel like I've been writing class all over again Nice. It's just, I mean, at the end of the day it's just different ways of accessing information I personally am not a journaler but like, I know a lot of people are, and like, it's, it's kind of like you have your visual, you have your audio, you have like, yeah. you know, it's like everything else. Just give people options for what connects with them. Exactly. Exactly. I've noticed that when I'm journaling, I'm, when I'm not thinking about what I'm writing, I am the most present with myself. Mm. That And that's something that I think we all need to be much more present with ourselves because we can get so caught up in like, oh my God, I should be checking Instagram and oh my God, I have to do this. And oh my God, the dog's barking and I need to get my house clean and this and this and that. And then we're so not present in the moment. So when I journal, when I podcast even, I'm this is like the most present I will be in my life. The most focused. Yes. So do you have something that you guys do that like, you're like, this is where I find my zen. This is where I'm most present. This is where I feel most like myself. For sure. I know in the book, we talk about um, one of them for sure. We have a whole chapter on nature. Um, I I just, I feel most like myself when I'm looking at a really good view. Kat makes fun of me because it's like, it, nothing makes me happier than a really good sure. view. Um, and I can be anywhere in the country and just appreciate mm-hmm. a good view. And it, just, it makes me feel so yeah. good. Um, yeah, nature, I guess. Yeah. Nature. Yeah. I would say overall, I guess the biggest thing for me is meditation. I'm mm-hmm. a big like get up, hit the coffee maker, go back to the bed and like meditate for 15 minutes. And wow. that just seems to, and then the coffee's there when I get the coffee's the reward. <laughs> <laughs> but like to me, you know, I, I, 
it just seems to like get me really grounded in a way that like I'm okay with whatever things get thrown at me that you say that about nature because I have a I have a friend I was going through like this crazy time and I reached out to her because she was going through something similar and she said you know what I found a tree and I went to this tree every single day and I meditated in front of it so both of your mm-hmm. guys is like yeah and she said and then I found the answers I was looking for and I was like well you live in like a foresty area so you can go find really cool trees I live in the desert like I'm not gonna go find a cactus <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to get into some of our getting to know you questions. Um, so for uh-huh. my keepers who haven't read your book yet, how did the two of you meet? Uh, yeah, so I met Kat at an audition for an L.A. burlesque troupe called the Dollface Dames. They're still around. I actually saw one of their shows a couple weeks ago in Santa Monica. Um, but yeah, we, we met. We started talking um, and then we kind of formed this bond one weekend. You, were you just like inspired to call me? I don't know. I was going through a breakup. I don't think, I think. Ah, you oh, call this me story. Like, <laughs> yeah. You probably had to call me like four or five times because I, I, I refused I to pick up the phone. Like, I just was like, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was like, and then once I finally picked up the phone, cause I was like, this girl's really persistent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, she said that she managed to like weasel her way into the burlesque hall of fame for no yeah. cost and she could get me in and all oh I had God. to do was like say yes because she got like all the things with it and yeah. so so that's how we started that our first that was our first uh uh YouTube video series for our channel working the teas mm-hmm. um and then from there everything else grew yeah yeah I'm I'm a big fan of intuition. So like, uh, you know, I'm I'm into all the woo things. Uh, you know, I'm a tarot card reader and Me too. I identify as like very witchy and like I spend a lot of time on spirituality. So because of it, like mm-hmm. if I feel like I see a scenario, I'm like, we gotta be there. So it's like I saw Julia in the picture and I was like, She's coming. What are you talking about? Like I just need to call her enough. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that. No, I'm the same way. I'm so big on manifesting. Like, obviously, your your manifestations can only go so far when it comes to creating the life you want. But, you, you know, manifesting, journaling, whatever, it lets you know, like, oh, this is what I want. Now, how do I work to get it? Exactly. Oh. If you don't have clarity on what you want, it's a lot harder to get it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yes, I'm a huge woo-woo. I have, like, a death tarot card tattooed on me. You can't tell right oh, now. There you but go. Yeah. Weird, awkward. Oh, nice. Oh, I got it after a really bad breakup, and that was my like rebirth, my retransformation. Which keepers the death card—that's what it means, basically—is rebirth. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean death. I don't remember what card, Cat. What card did you draw before that really bad breakup of mine? Do you remember what card yeah. it was? We were on the airplane, and it was like it was the death. It was the hangman card, or the death card, or like the something. tower three of three of swords. Something the like tower. that. It was some. It was something where she, yeah, maybe it was the tower. It was something like that, and she was just like, "Oh, this isn't. We're just that's not. We're but, just, that's, but it's that's so funny good. because like you got like I, there are certain cards, and the tower is one of them. That whenever I pull it, because I pull a card almost every morning, and I just Me see too. how it's applied to the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the tower is one of those cards where I'm like, you have to 
recognize this as a lesson and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's bad. It just means that your perspective is going to switch because sometimes I've pulled the tower and it's like, you know, not a bad day. It's an amazing day, but it's like, I, it's those days where like at the beginning of the day, you never thought you would end up where you did by the end of the day. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, I, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's like, um, I, I love that you're such a go-getter cat that you're like, I'm going to work with this person because something tells me I need this person in my life because I'm totally the same way. So I, um, more, most recently, I love the podcast last podcast on the left. And I constantly mm-hmm. say like, I'm going to meet one of the hosts. There, there's a host named Ben who I just, I love him. I think he's super hot. And I, I just kept telling my, just saying like, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. And I'm going to marry him one day. I'm gonna marry yeah. him. I've said it on the podcast, like marry me, Ben Kissel, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was in LA a few weeks ago for the Super Bowl, and he and I were at the same place at the same time. And I was like, "Holy shit, this is my chance to talk to this guy." So I went up and I started talking to him. And he's like, "Hey, you want to come to the bar with me?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I yes. want to come to the bar with you." But of course, you have to play it cool. I was like, "Um." Yeah, I'll see like what my friends want to do and maybe I'll be there. But yeah, he's cute. He's like uh, Chris Pratt like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with yeah, our I'm a, Brandon. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> You're nice. a, I, I'm a big nice. like Jason Siegel fan. Like that's like my big song. Oh my crush. god. <laughs> right. So I have a Jason Se- I have a Jason Siegel story. So this was before <laughs> Jason Siegel was on How I Bet Your Mother. This was like post Freaks and Geeks, which is like Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I was working in Santa Monica at an Italian restaurant and he came in and I waited on him. And like, I was like, oh my God, this guy's so cute. I thought he was so cute on Freaks and Geeks. So then I'm at the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, if you've ever been there, which was an outdoor mall. And I kept running into him at the stores because I'd gotten off of my shift. And then like, I would like walk into the gap and he would be in the gap and we'd look at each other and it was kind of like, oh my God, this is really funny. And then I ran into him in another store and I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. So, and then of course his career exploded afterwards. And I was like, I had that moment with him. That one moment on that one day where I kept running into him. Should have got his number. You should have got his number. You could be Mrs. Siegel right now. I could, I could, or I still could. You never know. You still Wouldn't could. That be a fun story. I would be like so jealous of you, but like applauding you. <laughs> yeah, I love. I was, uh, what, it, what is it, John in real life? John, John in real life. What? Dan in real life. Dan, Dan and real life? no, not Dan. No, no that's that's some generic man name. <laughs> yeah, man name. Uh, Oh, it's such a good movie. I can't remember the name and I'm going to like get off this. And I'm sure it's on IMDb if somebody really wants to Oh, you're to right. And I already, I just did that. So let's do it again. Let's play. <laughs> Research like... break. I know. I can like bullshit and like look at the internet at the same time. It's okay. I can edit this section out. <laughs> Once you know how I, oh, cat. This, <laughs> I guess like... this is the fun job. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're right you're right <laughs> i'm like i love it when people are silly like this but i understand for tone like if you need to like no worries yeah no i'm just saying i can't okay, if you guys I'm still looking up, so. no problem uh, so while she's looking that up like, julia who's your celebrity crush 
Yeah, no. Oh my God. My celebrity crush. Um, probably somebody who died a long time ago. Oh, that's so true. It's so true. She, she would be like, you know, like so-and-so from Montgomery cliff. He was so classy. Some like old, I don't know. I, I feel like like the problem is my first job. Yeah. My first job in Hollywood was I did um, like press and PR for mm-hmm. like celebrity charities and it kind mm. of changed my relationship to it because you realize that it's just like, it's like people are only as famous as you watch their stuff. It's so true. It's true. Like, That's so true. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't watch their stuff, like people can tell you they're famous all day long and you're like, sure, I believe you. Like, <laughs> I mean, really? here. I'll invite you to the event. Okay. Um, yes. The most skeptic of people, if they're like, if somebody comes in is like, I'm as famous as J- Joe Rogan. Like, they're like, then why do you live in a new apartment? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're <laughs> so, not. Jason Siegel movie. <laughs> well, yes. I'm going to I'm gonna jump on that real quick, which is like, uh, when I lived in Hollywood, people would say... Uh, like I said, like when people are like, don't you know who, who I am? That's usually my sign that they're assholes. Like that's who they are. Because mm-hmm. like if they're, if, if they're saying that, like you yes. feel like you're more entitled than everybody else there. It's true. And guess what? You're it's not. It's true. You're not. Uh, <laughs> like, have you ever had like an inkling to do that though? Like, don't you know who I am? I have not. I have not. I, I, I think almost to a fault I am the person that is able to see everybody's perspective on a situation mm-hmm. and like be like ah oh, you're just having a bad day you know yeah uh, so yeah. like I'm yeah. like or like they weren't loved enough when they were like 11 <laughs> and now they're taking it out on me <laughs> so I definitely had that impulse <laughs> of being like like I have a huge ego and I've had to really fight it over my life to like get it to a point of manageability you know because it's, it's so easy to kind of inflate yourself, like your world and mm-hmm. minimize other people's. At least, at least it's easy for me <laughs> to do. Kat's much more gracious, I guess. <laughs> I've, yeah. had the, go ahead. I've had that impulse once and it's such a silly story. I was at an opening night for, there was a show out here at the Spearmint Rhino that was, and it was the opening night. It was the media night for it. And I was on the list and it was called men of Vegas. So it was like a male review show. I was so excited. Um, so I'm like on the guest list, I'm getting ready to go in and I forgot the one golden rule of Vegas strip clubs. You can't show up in an Uber or a, uh, Oh taxi. yeah. Yeah, because they don't do the kickback for it. Yep. So, like, yep. So, I showed up in an Uber just because I had been drinking and I was partying that night. And I was like, woo, gonna go see some naked guys. Hey. And the lady was like, it's gonna be $50. And I was like, I'm here for media night. It's free. And she was like, well, you came in a tax in an Uber. And I was like, I don't care if I came in an Uber. I'm here. I'm on the list. And I was like, I, I knew the name <laughs> of the owner. And I was like, give me blah, 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 blah. I was like, he knows who I am. I was so I was I was drinking, so I was already out of control. But I didn't pay to get in. <laughs> yeah, you're like it worked. <laughs> Sometimes the one it time. does. It it might not have been your most shining moment, but it was effective. And at that time, that's all you needed. Um, exactly. And to be fair, like you were being responsible Ubering, so they should have rewarded you, not charged you. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kat, you told me you found the Jason Siegel movie. I did. It's Jeff who lives at home. Oh, yes. Which That's... is like the greatest movie ever if you haven't seen it. Yes, it has Ed Helms in it too. Yes. It's, it's so, so good. good. I just it's rec- so good. I just recently watched another movie with Jason Siegel and it made me cry. It has like Dakota Johnson, Jason Siegel and um Casey Affleck. And Dakota mm-hmm. Johnson gets diagnosed with cancer. And mm-hmm. Jason Siegel is Casey Affleck's friend and he comes and lives with him to help raise their daughters while she's going through chemo and all this other stuff. And I was oh just gosh. like, and it's based off of a true story and I'm watching it and I don't Ooh. cry in movies, but man, were the waterfalls coming that day. <laughs> nice. Nice. I don't He's know. The, if... He picks, he picks great projects. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen the discovery also, because Mm-mm. that's an amazing movie. Um, it's, it's really trippy. It's, uh, it's at Robert Redford's in it and it's in a world where they have discovered the concept of an afterlife and it's in it, it's proven that there is an afterlife and it's better than what we are here now. And then it's the result of it, which is that like everybody starts committing suicide because everybody's like, why would I be here if I could go to the next level? Oh, and you it's told like, me about this. It's, it's Whoa. an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Mm. That sounds amazing. So you guys have both lived in Hollywood, obviously. Mm -hmm. Both lived in things. I just want to say, point out that I am wearing your lipstick right now. Are you? Yay! I'm wearing Kiss a Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's such a good liquid lip. So um, where can people pick that up, actually? Yeah, so if they want to get uh, our lipstick, Kiss a Vet, they can get it on our website, which is pinupsontour.com, or they can get it at any of our shows across the nation. We're going to be hitting the road again in May, and all those tour dates get released on our website as they come in. So um, get it at a show near you or online. Ooh, and they can get the book online too? Yeah, so the book is in Amazon or really anywhere else that you want books. I know people have gotten it from Walmart and different places. Um, It's called Beauty is an Inside Job, 30 Practical Magic Lessons from the Bewitching World of Burlesque. And Kat started this book, what, like five years ago? Uh, Probably. Seven years ago. I was was living in L.A. when it happened. So, like, I've lived, like, At least seven years ago, yeah. Three states (laughs) since then. So it's, like... (laughs) Yeah, I get um, it. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It's it's fun, you know. It's just I, nothing in it is new, but like it's just one of those fun books that you can pick up when you need an inspiration. And you know, it's our fun story along the way. Like people are always asking us questions about like what's it, what was it like being a stripper? Or, like what was it like being a burlesque dancer? You know, what's the like traveling the road? And like those are the little fun stories in mm-hmm. between these words of wisdom that are universal. Yes, I I loved your book. There was so many. I, I you, what was interesting is when I got your book and I started reading it, it was at a time when I felt that I was looking very much outside myself for validation. Cause I do that a mm-hmm. lot. I do this a lot. And there was a part in your book where you guys were talking about 
how when we do this thing as humans, where we're like, when I get this better job, I'm going to be a better person. Or when I do this, I'll be better. Or when I, you know, lose 20 pounds, I'll be a better girlfriend. And I do that constantly. And I had heard myself say something earlier in the day. And as soon as I started reading that part of the book, I was like, God damn it. Cause you guys, you guys were basically like, no, love yourself now. And that's how you can be loved, be loved, love yourself to be loved basically. And I was just like, thanks. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. It's, Excellent. I mean, I always say the book in some ways was like, when I read it, it feels more like aspirational than autobiographical. It's all mm-hmm. stuff that I would like to say I do every day, but maybe some days I do it better than others. Mm-hmm. But one benefit of writing it and reading it so many times and editing it so many times and doing the audiobook and just being really entrenched in these super positive lessons is you can kind of, I mean, I know Kat and I have seen a shift in both of our lives. Um, I think since we've started living even more by these principles, mm. um, like my life's gotten, my life's great. I can't complain. Like, and I think, and I, and it's honestly because I apply the stuff in the book and if, you know, and if I find myself living out of alignment or out of kind of what we're teaching, it's like, well, yeah, that's why you're unhappy is because you're not practicing what you preach. Yeah. That's, that's a big <laughs> lesson I learned too, is like, um, there are times when, like I said, when I'm podcasting, it's like some of the times when I'm most present and I'll say stuff and then I'll listen back on it and be like, oh, well, I said that here and I'm not practicing what I preach. So bitch, get your life together. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Um, We we keep going off on these tangents. I have all these like prep questions and it's like, but I love the natural flow of conversation. But what inspired you both to get into the art of burlesque? I, so, I mean, for me, honestly, I was, it was a job. That's how I got into it is I was an actress in LA Mm -hmm. or a wannabe actress in LA. And I mean, one of the worst things um, about wanting, you know, being in LA is there's, if you don't have a regular gig, it's just a lot of auditioning. So Mm -hmm. joining a burlesque troupe was a way for me to perform really regularly um, and to have a lot of control over those performances and to work with other artists. And then from that just grew a whole world um, that I would have never have even imagined. Um, It's amazing how many wonderful women have, and men have come into my life through burlesque. Yeah. Um, For me, uh, I was an actor in LA and I'd been there for a while. Like Julia like moved from Seattle to LA and joined the troupe like right away. Like you had just moved there like a month beforehand. And oh, like, oh, I yeah, I I had been living in LA like a month. I was auditioning like four or five auditions a day at that point. I had so much like I was like, whatever will take me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and I had uh, done a lot of different stuff, but nothing had kind of clicked in mm-hmm. terms of like, uh, you know, I hate saying the word being discovered, but like finding your niche in the mm-hmm. world of performing and entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it takes a while sometimes to figure it out. And I looked at a breakdown and it was looking for comedians, aerialists, and dancers. And I was like, damn, I do all three things of those. So I was like, I've never thought about doing burlesque, but like, why not? And I went to the audition and I met Julia and we talked about Woody Allen. And um. 
And then, you know, Julia famously always says that, like, I'm the one that quoted Woody Allen in the audition, which was that uh, 90% of life is showing up. And it is. It's because, you know, I am a big proponent of if the universe asks a question, you need to listen and answer. Right. So it's like if you hear Mm -hmm. someone tell you to read a book three times, then you're supposed to read the book or like somebody's like, you need to watch Mm -hmm. a movie or whatever it is. It's like the universe is always talking to you. But a lot of times we're running a dialogue Mm -hmm. in our head and we don't actually listen to what they're saying. They or you know, the universe as a whole. So I was like, oh, let me see. So I, I auditioned. And I got in and then we had to go see the show. And I was like, this is amazing. These women are so amazing. You know, like one act, they're like the girl next door. And the next act, they're like the dominatrix. And you get to play all these characters, which in my mm-hmm. opinion is a very, very important part of the human experience. Um, that we all need to be different characters all the time because like that's the fun. And like a lot of people get stuck playing certain roles when you can really have a varied life if you allow yourself that space. Um, and I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to go, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And the next day I was like, I can't do this. I can't take my clothes off in front of people I don't know. And then I was like, oh, fuck, now I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I ended up in the truth. So. That is amazing. Um, yeah. what, what I love about burlesque is some, it's just a lesson that I'm trying to learn now is the art of taking things just a little bit slower because I'm so, all right, run, 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 run through my days, run through my workday, run through my errands, run through my this, even in like relationships, I very much am like, okay, boom, let's, all right, it's our first date. Okay, let's do this. Okay, let's do this. Okay, we're in a relationship now. I'm very big at taking things so fast. So what I love about the art of burlesque is slow it all down and just just a little hand motion a little bit slower mm. is is um it just makes it all so sexy now I personally I don't dance burlesque but I feel like there's something burlesque inside me because I do want to be somebody different every now and then <laughs> but uh yeah that's what I love about it I got to um interview Lindsley Allen who is the creator of the Pussycat Dolls burlesque show in mm-hmm. LA and she told me, she was like, girl, you need to just start living that slow it down mindset of burlesque. And I was like, all right, I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know how they say like, blah, blah, blah is a construct. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they talk about like gender is a construct. Yeah. Time is, time is a construct. Time is a construct that you get to be in charge of. But I feel like it's one of the constructs that people do not thoroughly understand they're in charge of Mm -hmm. because like the world right now everybody's moving so rapidly Mm -hmm. so everybody feels like they have to move rapidly and then like you meet someone who's like really a magical person and usually they're very like you know it's not like that Yeah, that's true. That's why, like, I I look for like in a in a future partner. I feel like they're gonna be much more like, oh, we'll get to it. Where I'm like, we gotta do it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like my ideal partner will be like, we need to slow it down. Like, have that yin and yang type of situation. Yeah, you'll have like a nice Taurus, like be at home and like cook a meal for like four hours. Uh, no, 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 no Tauruses. No, no Tauruses. <laughs> that I, hasn't I, gone well, apparently. Look at her face. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mostly like my whole chart. I'm my sun and my moon are in Libra, and my rising is Cancer. 
and my big six are all and and then i have scorpio in venus Mm. so my entire chart is basically air and water so i'm looking for that like fire earth balance but i think like a fire sign sun is really where my love will be at because i love aries sagittarius and leos i love them all so much (laughs) like those are my people right there because they really like fire signs like are all my best friends are fire signs actually so (laughs) it's just something i'm really attracted to i'm a leo and i can agree we're a lot of fun so well of course a leo exactly (laughs) (laughs) leos are known to be some of the best uh signs in bed so mm, own that sister yeah my moon's in scorpio too so so you a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about sex. We can talk about sex all day long too. Um, yeah. So, but before we get into some sex, um, when you guys went into your first performance, did you guys go like, cause you guys start signed on to the troop together. So did you guys have your first performances at the same time too? I don't think so. I, I got thrown in really quickly. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I was a singer and the troop, didn't have a lot of singers. So mm-hmm. I went from like not working at all to like doing every single show. Like it was wow. pretty to where the dancers and the specialty performers, they rotated a little more. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Kat, you started with the trip to you shows. I think I did. I started with the trip to you shows and I started as a dancer um, in the world of burlesque or like a lot of like live entertainment. If you have uh, somewhat of a brain, I feel like, a lot of people start getting into specialty because you make more money mm-hmm. um, just because it's like, I can teach myself how to hula hoop and I get paid twice the amount done. Like, you know, wow. like it's just like, you're like, let me teach myself how to do this. Let me teach myself how to do that. And it's not guaranteed they're going to book you, but it's like you have more, you're more of an asset, mm-hmm. you know, dancers are a dime a dozen and it's not to say they're not amazing, but it's like anything to make you more of an asset is always, you know, makes you an asset. So it's like, it's, it's almost like seeing the world through the eyes of somebody else. Right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, if you want to be hired, just be a great fucking performer, show Mm -hmm. up on time. Don't be a diva, listen to notes, do all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then like, chances are you're going to get hired more. Okay. That's, that's good. That's, really great advice and I think that like not just into burlesque just anything in general like you keepers you can use this into like just your regular careers like your day jobs like if you don't show up and be an asshole and you follow the rules you should get that promotion that you're trying to go after yeah yes so is there a burlesque rule that you think us normies over here, us, us people not in the uh, glitter glitterazzi <laughs> should apply to our lives. Mm, I think there's so many. I think probably one of the ones that people are most uncomfortable with is we have a chapter in the book that's called Be Naked More. Um, I and didn't I wear think... pants for this interview. Just Good so you know. job. <laughs> um, but there's something about being naked in front of people or just being okay with being naked in front of yourself is a really good place to start. Um, that is, it, it really just, 
I mean, kids, we say this a lot in the book. We, we relate back to children a lot because we go like when you were a kid, you could run around naked and you just didn't think anything of it. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to capture is this just like acceptance and love of like whatever you have to offer the world and being naked is a good place to start. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's a very good um, tip, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go from the uh, chapter where we talk about me working in a strip club and I'm uh, the person who is the prettiest doesn't really ever make the most money at a strip club unless they've got the brains behind it. Like the Mm -hmm. hustlers of the strip club are the people who are working everything and like, they're just the most confident and like confidence will get you almost everything in life. Um, You know, if you start studying NLP stuff or any of that crazy stuff, it's like literally, it's like, you, you know, you can impose your will on a situation in my opinion, you should always use those tools for good because, you know, at the end, it's going to bite you in the ass if you're a bad person, in my opinion. But oh, like, you know, we're all on our own journeys and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. But like, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that people, especially when they like are not familiar with the world of strip club, they're like, oh, my God, that girl's so pretty. She must make so much money. And there are so many girls that walk home with like no money or very little money. And like, then there's somebody that you're like, she's the, not to say that she's the one, mm-hmm. but like, it's just that that person has confidence and they think they're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, it, and also like all body types are accessible in a strip club too. You know, like a lot of times, like at least when I was working in them, managers wouldn't always hire different body types, especially in Vegas. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen people just like walk out with bags and bags of one dollar bills and like you would not be you wouldn't be like oh like that's that person of course is like you know the person that's making all the money but Mm -hmm. it's it's just one of those things where it's confidence 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 I agree with that I really do my um my my co-host MJ uh or Mm -hmm. yeah she she was she was a stripper and mm-hmm. she talks about, she's like, you know, when I first started dancing, I thought like, oh, I had to go get these big, fake boobs. She goes, it's not about like having that perfect body mm-hmm. type in the club. It's all about like what you can do to catch people's attention. My, my best friend, uh, we were baby strippers together and we're still like really, really great friends. And, mm-hmm. uh, she, you know, she was uh, an A, like mm-hmm. an A cup, barely. Mm-hmm barely an A cup the entire time. And she was at one point the number three earner at Sapphire. And like, you know, like, I mean, that defies all the stereotypes that we think right off the bat. I wonder if you and MJ worked at Sapphire's at the same time. I didn't work at Sapphire. I worked at at Hustler. But but well, it's all right. It's all right. I I (laughs) wanted to work at Sapphire, but. (laughs) <laughs> we all have our own, we all have our own clubs. I I fucking loved working at Hustler. I love that pole so much. Like it's so big and tall, and like I got to do such fun tricks on it. I you know, and that was such a great club. I um I I've taken a few of the uh pole pole fitness classes, and I love mm-hmm. them so much. Especially like 
the way um the way mj teaches them she does part of it on the pole and part of it as like a cardio strip tease she calls the whole class cardio strip tease so it's part on the pole part lap dance and Mm -hmm. doing stuff like that makes me feel so much more feminine than i ever do in my everyday life and i i'm a very girly girl i'm a very Mm -hmm. feminine woman but there are times that I just get so like in my head that I don't feel as feminine or as much of a woman as I should. And when I'm doing like, I'll take heels classes, I'll do stuff. When I'm doing stuff like that, I'm like, damn, I'm hot though, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I think like what, I, what I've read in your book and what I've noticed with like burlesque dancing and stuff is that something that's like, it doesn't matter if you have a hunchback, like just kind of throw a little glitter on it. And you're still a very sexual being if you make us, if you believe you're a sexual being. Yeah. I mean, especially in this day and age, you can be whatever kind of sexy you want to be. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, just believe you're sexy and you're sexy or not. Like, you know, sexuality has become like such a wide spectrum compared to when I started in this lifetime. So it's like, you can be whatever the fuck you want. Just let yourself be it. I think one of the most powerful quotes out of all, because out of all of the interviews we've done over the years was with Ophelia Flame. And Mm -hmm. she said that people are only as judgmental as you are apologetic. So if you don't apologize Mm -hmm. for your life choices, people don't tend to judge you for them. Um, And I think that's something that it was, that was like a life-changing phrase for me. Because I just was like, yeah, like, you don't, you could just tell the world what you do and it's fine. You know, you don't have to apologize for it or change it or be anything other than what you are. Um, and very few people will have the balls to criticize you if you're okay with it. <laughs> That's true. Did you, did you see the light bulb like go off in my yeah. head as you said that? I was like, oh shit, like that's more of what I need. I need more of that confidence. Um, but speaking of sexy and feeling sexy, what song? always gets you feeling your most like your most sexy little kitten inside uh oh oh I was gonna say so like I really enjoy stripping to any of the classics like there's David Rose has a song the stripper that is just a great Mm -hmm. fucking striptease song Mm -hmm. and there's a song real gone great fucking striptease song um so i like those old bump and grind songs those new orleans style Mm. jazz songs um but you know i get it it's a little that's a little vintage stripper but i guess i have a little vintage stripper inside me (laughs) (laughs) um i would say uh my my favorite song to dance is uh one of them is ain't no rest for the wicked um by cage the elephant yes i I love cage the elephant there's something about that song that's just so sexy to me Mm -hmm. it's like it's got the fast part and it's dynamic Mm -hmm. you know it's got fast and slow Mm -hmm. um and i have to say dua lipa is like killing it right now for songs in my opinion just like fun songs and to me like as long as you're in the moment then like you know you're sexy because like there's two ways to do dancing and Mm -hmm. there's dancing where you're like caring what people are thinking about your dancing and there's dancing just for the fucking like hell of dancing Mm -hmm. and like I I find like myself to be more sexy when I'm in that mindset you know Mm -hmm. Do do you guys have sexy time playlists like ready to go when it comes down for sexy time 
I do have a couple playlists. Um, I don't really, you mean in terms of like when you're having a partner you're playing with? Or yourself. Or just in or general? Just in yeah, general, like, when it's time to be sexy. Like for me, I'll put on my slow and sexy playlist when it's time for me to take a bath and use my vibrator or I have a guy here or, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I just kind of have like, I have, I have two, I have the slow and sexy playlist and I have the, I've drank too much tequila and it's about to get a little uh, freaky playlist. <laughs> I wonder if that's like, I wonder if you could do like a Spotify for that. Like, <laughs> oh, no, That's what I do. I have like straight up my Spotify playlist. It's like, ratchet girl sex and slow and sexy is what they're called (laughs) uh there's a playlist for everything on spotify yes there is um yeah i I feel like some of my the the music that i feel most sexy and right now i've been really into the music from the euphoria soundtrack oh my god Uh, (laughs) i haven't watched the show so but the music um, is yeah gorgeous it's sexy it's sexual I'm very into like um like Portishead when I listen to them I feel oh, very, yeah, yeah. very sexy or um Lana Del Rey or FKA Twigs like I love that like slowed down like mm-hmm. I'm about to like just rub my boobs on you type thing but we're doing full body massages and who knows what'll happen next like that type of music yeah yeah I mean it's <laughs> It's it's amazing how everything can like heighten your senses of mm-hmm. that, right? Like, you know, that we really are such like tactile, sensual beings and auditory beings and visual, you know, and a lot of times I think that when people think of sexy, they think visual, but there are four other senses. And mm-hmm. when you access all of them, you get a better experience. There's a really great company called Pepper. They're an adult romance company and they just opened their flagship store out here in Vegas. And um, when you go into the store at the first forefront of it, because they're really big about connection, connecting with mm-hmm. your partner, but they take you through all the senses before you even get mm-hmm. to see any of the sex toys. They have like um, where you guys, where you and your partner can cook together. Therefore you can have the taste and you guys do this together for, you know, mm-hmm. for, right. like make a playlist together. They have all these things set up within their store. And when it comes to touch, that's when they take you back to the sex toy area. And I think it's just mm-hmm. so such, it's such a beautiful store. It's such a beautiful setup, but also it wasn't something I ever thought about until I went there. And I was like, cause it's a husband and wife that own it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you guys are brilliant and I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. I also find that, like, for me, one of the things that I really find sexy is time. I like someone who does legwork. I like someone who understands the art of seduction of, like, I'm going to do this, and then a week later I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and then I'll get the results. And I'm like, you, I really like because, you know, I really like forward thinkers, like people Mm -hmm. who are like, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then I'll get that. And it's like, I will fuck you, but I'm not going to fuck you three months in a row because we're going to play it out. And I find that so sexy. Like, so sexy. Would you say your love language is quality time then? Because you you like things to be set out that way? Um, I don't know. Like, you know, I would say in terms of my love language, I would say perspective is probably like the largest love mm-hmm. language out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh. I once I once was in a 
like, uh, uh, I was in a situation where I was taking care of my stepmom who mm-hmm. was sick with cancer and mm-hmm. I went on a date. It's, I know it sounds sad. Like I, that's why I was like debating my head whether it was. You're like, how do I start <laughs> this story? <laughs> I know, like, but anyway, so like I, um, I was, you know, I was taking care of my stepmom and I went on this date and mm-hmm. the guy came to the door and he came in and he sat down. And he talked to my stepmom who did not look the greatest because like, you know, she was going through a lot at that moment. And to me, that was like one of the sexiest things that he could have done because I was like, damn, like you are a good person. You are doing Mm -hmm. legwork, you know, Mm -hmm. like you were showing that you have compassion. You are a great Mm -hmm. human being. And like, you are a stand-up person. And to me, like, I don't know, like I find that like to be, like, if you're, like, an amazing human being, I'm like, oh, you get me so wet right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Kat, yeah. or, or, so, Julia, do you have a do, – do you know what your love language is? I haven't read the book, but what is that? Like, ta- touch, gifts. Physical touch, physical. gifts, quality time, uh, acts of service, and words of affirmation. All of them. I right. need all of them. you know what some of us do yeah I I guess like I yeah I mean I I have slightly I don't want to say unrealistic expectations in a relationship but like high standards Mm -hmm. like I want I want somebody who like makes me feel good and is compassionate and is generous Mm -hmm. and um I come from you were yeah you were single for a very long time a very long time yeah like i i was married when i was younger so i got married when i was 22 and i was divorced before i was 25. Mm -hmm. um so i wasn't married very long and then after that i always thought i would find somebody really quick and i just didn't like i dated a lot i did dating apps and i had a few longer relationships but um, you know, I think so much of it too is, you know, it's really hard to catch a perfect 10 until you are a perfect 10 in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot of work on yourself to be able to get the kind of partner that you actually deserve, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I've done a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah. I agree but with that. You- I did get to briefly meet your boyfriend at the, uh, oh. at the show. <laughs> Before he passed out, you mean? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, did I not tell you so this? Bad. I don't. I don't know the story. Okay, I'm so, like, I, and I'm sure the people listening to the podcast want to hear know it this too. Story. Okay. They do. So, uh, my my boyfriend had never seen um, a burlesque show because I met him while we had a residency, and it was kind of weird for him to like come to the show before we actually like really knew each other. Anyway, so he had never seen the show, and we were doing a burlesque show with my friend Vixen Deville and this performer Boobzilla and all of Vixen showcase students. Um, and I would, and I did my first act, which was don't tell mama, which is like a nun act. Um, and he saw that and he was fine. And then we get to the second act of the show and I was doing my bed of nails. And then literally like right before I was about to take off my robe, he passes out um, and hits the ground. <laughs> Um, and so I have to like pause the show, go make sure he's okay. And then I come back and finish the act. And when I was talking to him later, he said he just got so excited. He thinks he forgot to breathe. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. Please tell me once he was healed, he was so laid it wasn't even a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's, he's uh, yeah, no, not a question he's at all. He's so sweet, very well taken care of. He's very well taken care of. Yes, and I think like you know one of the things is you know when you really know what you're looking for in a partner, when you find it, you're like, oh yes, that that's it. Like I have you are checking the boxes, and I don't want to let you go and. It's nice to find somebody who has that same recognition that you're valued and you're appreciated. Because mm -hmm. I think, I don't know about you, but the thing about online dating sometimes is you're like, wow, I kind of feel like I'm one in a million right now by the way you're treating me. Like, you could take me or leave me, whatever, you know? I think, I, I you know, I agree with you when you say that because I feel like, um, you know, because we're in such like a fast paced society and this and this and that, I think guys look at it. It's like, okay, you're fun to talk to, but look at all these other girls I matched with. I'm not that type of person. I always say like, oh, I'm such a player. But like, at the same time, the thought of talking to more than one dude at it's the same overwhelming, time. It's overwhelming, right? Like it is. I'm like, I can barely give my time to all my friends and you expect me to give my time to like seven dudes on dating apps right now. Like I've barely text my best friend <laughs> exactly it's a lot it, i think the thing about when you go like i always had to kind of like go in in spurts to the dating apps mm -hmm. and be like okay so this is i'm gonna give it a try for a good 30 days i'm gonna mm -hmm. keep my call it's like you're going in for a war in a way you're like i'm ready for this <laughs> ready for battle <laughs> my walls are up i'm ready <laughs> Did you meet your partner on the apps or in person? I met him on Bumble, yes. Yes, Ooh. Bumble is the only dating app that I've ever had any long-term relationship luck for. So mm -hmm. if I had to endorse a dating app, it would be Bumble. But I hate the dynamic that the girls have to contact the guys first. I do hate that because I think a lot of pussy men end up on the app because they aren't willing to reach out to women first. Mm. And like, who wants a pussy guy? But <laughs> still, there's also high quality men on there. That's good to know. Kat, are you single dating? Uh... I am single. Uh, I am not dating. Uh, I do not do very well with the apps. I have tried mm -hmm. them on and off for, I don't know, like 10 years. Um, if you're familiar with the human design project at all, mm. are, are you familiar with that? Oh, it's, it's so it's good. A, it's so good. It's, it's, uh, it's another system of, you know, energy sorting, mm -hmm. so to speak. And I am what's called a projector, mm -hmm. which means I'm not really supposed to, I, I am supposed to wait for the opportunity to invite me in is the mm -hmm. best way to explain it. Like, even when I was like working at the strip club, it's like, I was horrible at approaching. Mm -hmm. But like, if somebody caught my eye, then I knew I could go over, right? It's like, you okay. need an initiation in some way. Um, we are, if from an energetic standpoint, here to guide people and like help them move forward. It's like, we're almost like we're mirrors. So mm -hmm. you need someone to walk up to the mirror to mm -hmm. be like, let's, let's interact, let's engage. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I intrinsically have met most of my partners in real life. I have never done more than a second date on a dating app. And mm -hmm. like, I'd say that out of, I don't know, like a hundred plus dates I went on, I'd say probably like four or five of them were a second or third date. Like, you know, wow. yeah, it's, it's not my medium. And that's like mm -hmm. the plain and simple of it. Um, and you know, that's okay. That's okay. Like everybody has their own path, so to speak. 
Um, and I really enjoy being single at the moment. Me too. I feel like I'm the happiest because I had a really, really toxic relationship. And then I had a decent relationship after that, but it just was kind of like a short lived one. But mm-hmm. um, I'm the most happy I've been single since before I met my toxic ex. And I know like when I'm this good and this comfortable being single and this comfortable in, you know, career and everything, then something is just like right there. And I'm about to grasp onto it. And I'm not sure what it is yet, but I know it's coming and I feel it. I feel it coming and um, I'm excited to see whatever it is, but I love what you said about like you wait for somebody to kind of give you the eye. I'm Mm -hmm. like that with men. I'm not like that with women with women. I'm like, Oh my God. Hi. I love you. Let's be best friends. Like I just Mm -hmm. immediately know when a girl is supposed to be in my, in my, in my orbit, in my soul for, I don't know what it is about women that I can just like, see a girl and be like, we're soul sisters. But with men, I'm always very like a little bit more like, well, you should approach me and I'll give you the eye type of thing. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, I am very big into like masculine feminine energy. It can be in whatever body you want it to be in, but like females are receptive energy and masculine Mm -hmm. energy is penetrative energy. And it's like, I'm a, very like receptive energy so mm-hmm. it's like I need someone to like come forward and penetrate not even like in a sexual term yeah but, like, just be like you I want to date you or like I want to mm-hmm. know what what what's this all about and it, and it, it's, it goes back to like that desire and that mm-hmm. like you know follow through that I just love so much like I love fucking seduction I mm-hmm. love someone that's like you I'm gonna like work you until you get I get you Ah, oh, that sounds so hot. I'm just like over here. It is. It's like, so, it's so hot. Oh. It's so hot. So. Oh. so you guys have been touring for years and years and years in your life. And obviously you've had long-term relationships during touring, like touring and stuff. And uh, Julia, you are going to be dealing with this very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a way you guys to reconnect with your partner after coming back from a tour? Like what's your, like a good way to reconnect with your partner? Um, I mean, I truthfully, most of my tour life, I have been single. I have had relationships um, for parts of the time I've been on the road. And I think so much of it is just trying to stay connected while you're apart. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways. There's, you know, you have video calls, you have phone calls, you have photos, you have text Mm -hmm. messages, um, you have stories. Um, They even make, um, we, I don't Love Sense, I think Love Sense one time sponsored us for an event and they gave us these um, remote, uh, like remote sex toys for partners. Oh, like, like the Wee Vibe. Yeah, yeah, but they have ones for male and women, and they gave them to us because we're mili- we do a lot of stuff with the military, mm-hmm. so they're like, this is good for military couples who can't be mm-hmm. together. Um, so, but I think there's so many different things nowadays that people can work to mm-hmm. stay together. And at the end of the day, if, if you have the means and ability, you know, I think me and my partner plan on seeing each other a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> Why, even though I'm on tour. So, um, you know, it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it's like, I think that any relationship needs to be tailored to your partner, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like some, some people are into words 
And you got to know that somebody's a word person. And some people are into pictures and somebody's mm-hmm. like, they're the picture people. Like, mm-hmm. it's like different things work for different people. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I always find like, I feel like I say this a lot in my life to other people where I'm like, you gotta be the person that works for that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you figure out who your partner is and then like what they want and mm-hmm. you be that in mm-hmm. your version of yourself. Mm-hmm. because like that's really who you are and that's really why you are in a couple in some way is like you couple up is because you're like oh we I like this you like this we can like it together but mm-hmm. I don't like this but I'll kind of like it for you and I'll evolve because mm-hmm. of that because mm-hmm. I love you enough that I'm gonna change in some way to be with you and that's kind of like what happens when we're in relationships I was uh, talking to my sister about some friends of ours who got married very, very young. And I was saying it must be very strange to have only been in one relationship in your life because I feel like I've changed so much every time I'm in a relationship. So it's like if you get married at 19 and you're with that person your entire life, like you have, I mean, you're each growing, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, everybody brings something new to the table, so to speak. And once again, everybody's on their own journey, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. We all know that story. But like, <laughs> you know, you do evolve every time someone else comes into your life. I agree with that. And I look at like, this was a uh, something after my toxic relationship that I really had to learn was like, even though it was toxic, I loved this person once in my life. So carrying all this resentment towards him is not helping me in any right. way. And, you know, at the end of the day, even though certain people, I'm not even just going to say my toxic relationship, I've had toxic friendships, whatever, even though these toxic relationships aren't a part of my life anymore, that's for the best. I learned what, whatever lessons I needed to learn from them. And like I said, once at once upon a time, I did love those people. And I need to look at it as like, maybe I don't love them now, but hating them is equally as, uh, unrewarding as loving them was at the end of the day, you know, cause carrying around all that hate in your heart, what's that going to do? Oh, it's going to be, it's, it, it's, it's worthless at the end of the it's, day. Exactly. And also exactly. you have to be grateful for the lessons you've learned because mm-hmm. you, in some ways you learn more from the assholes than you do from like the nice guys that you aren't yeah. going to marry, you know, like you're <laughs> like, Oh, they're so nice. But like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like you should have broken up with them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just watched, uh, with my family, we watched Tick, Tick, Boom last night. Oh my um, gosh, so good, right? So good. But in it, it's, uh, which I think Andrew uh, Garfield's going to get the Oscar probably for mm. it. Um, but it's it's based it, it's it's based on this one-man show that Jonathan Larson did, who's the guy who created Rent. It mm-hmm. was the, the theater program he did before he created Rent. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, all these things in his life going on and it's like anxiety anxiety it's it's, but he's in this relationship and you can tell that night it's not working but Mm -hmm. nobody's willing to completely commit to the fact that it's not working because like they don't have the capacity to express it Mm -hmm. until like they get to the point where they're like oh i want you to be this person and you're not being this person in the scenario and like that's okay because you learn you're, you're learning clarity Mm-hmm. You know, and clarity, in my opinion, is the most important thing in life because mm-hmm. until you know what you don't want, you're not going to know what you want. You know, I, I would say for me, 
like Kat was talking about her human designs. So mine mm-hmm. is um, a generator. And part of being a generator is you have to be really uh, clear about what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's just not really going to show up in any way. And you mm-hmm. don't get to pick how it shows up, but you just have to get really clear about what you want. And I think one of the things about my life is like every time I've had ambiguous anything in terms of my business, my friendships, my romantic relationships, mm-hmm. those are the results that I've gotten. And the more clear that I get with everything, what I deserve in business, what I deserve in my relationships, like the more that shows up. Mm-hmm. And I would say like at this point, in my life like there's not a lot of people who even try to pull bullshit on me do you know what i mean because it's like Mm -hmm. i've eliminated that level of human from my my existence like people aren't trying to bullshit me or cheat on me or lie to me like Mm -mm. you know people treat me with respect because those are the people that i've harnessed in my world yeah like who have let in yeah yeah, I, I I know the second I met you, I was like, this girl is so little and so sassy and I am <laughs> so here for it. And I could tell you were just like a no bullshit tolerance person. Yeah, I, I think like it's just like, especially I, in business, especially as I as mm-hmm. I get much clearer about what I deserve and, and, and what I want to build. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, if you're not here to do that, that's totally fine. Like, Mm-hmm. But but this like it's like you draw your boundaries and then people either are in them or they're not like and that's okay like judgment free zone you don't have to like you know it's like I I was telling um, someone the other day I was like I'm the queen of those text messages where guys will you'll go out on two or three dates or maybe even date mm-hmm. a month and then they'll send you this really long text message about how you're too good for them. They can't treat you the way you deserve, blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, yeah, you're right. I am. I am. You're right. Like if, if that's the message you're sending me, then like I have, I don't want you. I like, no, you know? Well, and it's, it's also like, and I say this like in the most, uh, non looking down way, Mm -hmm. you don't want to date a loser. You nope. don't want to date someone who has a story where they are going to lose. Mm-hmm. You want to date a winner, someone who believes that they can get what they want. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's writing you a note and being like, I don't deserve it, you're like, yeah, you absolutely don't because I want someone who thinks I'm a prize mm-hmm. and like is willing to win the prize mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like that's what you want. Exactly. And. And that's who we all are as divine beings is we are a prize and maybe not the prize to the original person you, you know, you thought like the first person you fall in love with, you're probably not at the end of the day, their end game prize, but you're their prize for that moment, for whatever moment that might be. I like that. So the human design, is it myhumandesign.com? It's like that. So it's, it's yes, but there's, there's several different websites for it. Okay. Um, but you basically yeah. need, it's the same stuff you need for your astrological stuff. So you need your uh, time, date, and place of birth. Um, mm-hmm. And you put it all in there and then, and it gives you your, um, your, your type. But- and I'm not, I, I've listened to maybe six or seven podcasts on this. So I am not the <laughs> world's expert on human design. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it seems to be pretty accurate as I apply it to myself and to, to my business. I've done it for all of my employees. I've figured out what their human design is. And it's 
helped me kind of relate to them. So um, yeah, I mean, I encourage it, people to check it out. It is, I'm pu putting mine yeah. in right now. <laughs> it, is so keep my, it is in my opinion, the clearest energy system where you're, mm -hmm. when I read it, I was like, that's absolutely me. Like that's absolutely me, you know? And it, it, it made a lot of things make sense because until I got to the point where I discovered that in my life, I would try and make things happen more where I wasn't invited into situations. Cause like I said, like projectors, we have to be mm -hmm. invited into situations. And, you know, mm -hmm. as an actor, it's like knocking on all the doors and doing those things that are like the proverbial, like, you know, and every gig I've ever gotten in my life has been somebody who just called me up and was like, Hey, can you be on set tomorrow? You know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's one of those things that, I feel like a lot of society is like hustle, 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 mm -hmm. hustle. And it's like, it goes back to that concept that like time is a construct and like mm -hmm. hustle doesn't work for everybody. There are people who it you don't, you just, you know, like as projectors, we're mm -hmm. supposed to literally like spend our time just having fun and wait for the opportunity. So it's like, I'm supposed to watch Shira, you know, in my spare time or like whatever it is that makes mm -hmm. me happy. You know, uh, I'm a huge Vampire Diaries fan. So like, you know, oh God, I love that show so much. I'm a huge Vampire fan. Hey! Uh, did you, have you watched the Vampire Diaries? I watched the first three seasons of Vampire Diaries. I was much more into True Blood. Okay. Have you watched The Eternals and no. or Legacies? So, okay. So during the pandemic, I got into Vampire Diaries. And Vampire mm -hmm. Diaries is okay because it's like your classic vampire story mm -hmm. with less sex because it's CW, right? Yeah. And then The Eternals is like so sexy. Klaus Michelson is like a thousand-year-old vampire who like pretty much is immortal and does whatever the fuck he wants. And his level of clarity and like... He was Mac on Vampire Diaries, right? And he, so he was. Got his he own was an off. Okay. And he got off a, okay. He got a spinoff, um, which I just fucking love. And then the new show is called Legacies, and mm -hmm. Legacies is the kids from the Vampire Diaries and the Eternals, and it's like they're the woke vampires, which is so much fun. So it's like they're not like you know, you have to like ask permission to like mm -hmm. bite people now because Ooh. like vampires don't do that anymore. You know, it's not, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's rude. It's, it's so, you got to get consent. Yeah. Consent you got to get sexy. consent. I think consent is, consent is beautiful, but <laughs> if, uh, if Bella Lugosi dressed as Dracula comes into the room right now, I'd just be like, there's my consent right here. Right. I'm a, uh, ah. I, Yes, I uh, I would say one of my first sexual awakenings was reading Interview with a Vampire. Uh, even though there's oh, yeah. not a lot of even though there's not a lot of sex necessarily in the book, there's a lot of homoerotic stuff that goes on in those books, and I just was like, I just want somebody to bite me. I'm like 11 years old. Like, can somebody just come bite me? Like, it's good. It's good. So well, okay, it, so I want to say I just I just yeah, pulled up my ahead. chart properties. Yes, I yeah. am a generator. Yay, that's me too. So yeah. we are the people who lift the energy of the world. Yes. I wait I make decisions listening to my gut, which is so true. I'm always like, okay, I feel it in my chest, that's anxiety. What is my gut saying? My gut's saying to just chill on it for a second and see how it plays out. That's yeah. I'm very big on that. Split definition, there are two very distinct different voices inside your system. 
So that usually means that you're meant to be partnered if you're a split definition. And that means like partnership is one of your better forms. Like you need, you need another half. So I'm, mm-hmm. um, what it's like multi def. So basically my definition is I have, I need lots of people's energies, which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons I'm really good at my job is mm-hmm. because while one-on-one is very overwhelming to me, I'm very mm-hmm. good at this, like, let me get all these people and use all their energies. I remember is- when we first met, you said, I love making my friends, um, biz- like my business partners as well, because I always see potential in them or something. That's like one of the first things you said to me. I see potential yeah. in all business aspects. So yeah, that must have something to do with all of it's it. It's my love language. <laughs> my love language is I get you money. It's how I show my love yeah. for people is I get them jobs and money and opportunities because I think they're amazing and they deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I'm supposed to be partnered, which is, which is tr- very true. I'm a very, um, when I'm with a partner, I'm very partner centric and I'm like such a closet, hopeless romantic, like deep, deep down in that little black soul of mine. Um, signs that you're living your design is satisfaction and signs that I'm not living within my design is frustration, which is mm-hmm. very true. Like if, mm-hmm. if I'm not, I'm a very, very, I'm a Libra too. So like very big on balance and like things have to be right. And like the littlest thing, if it throws my satisfaction off balance, I'm very, very frustrated and very, very agitated really, really quick. And I don't mean to be, it's just kind of like where I throw myself into. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but the thing about um, when you get as a generator, if you get really clear about something you want, you don't have to Mm -hmm. do any work to get it everyone else in the universe will bring it to you that's all their jobs your job is simply just to want it and to Mm -hmm. get yourself on the right vibration of it and then everything kind of falls into place and when i when i realized how many things in my life i had i like i made happen because i forced them and how they Mm -hmm. were so much less rewarding than the things that just fell into my lap and i just accepted Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. For me, I was like, yeah, I, I need to I need to do more of the things that come to me and not mm-hmm. be so I guess that masculine energy of like forcing things. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I'm a little too masculine. <laughs> I want to like mm-hmm. make things happen. And that's not the way my design or your design would work best. It's better to receive. I like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Kat, are you a you, you have to wait for it to come to you so, by your design? Like, so my not self is bitterness, mm. which is like something I experienced earlier in my life because I would try and make things happen mm-hmm. and I'd be like, I am perfect in this situation and I'm not even getting a response at all. You know, like whatever it is, I'd be like, da, 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 da. And it'd be like, they just ignored me. And then you would feel bitter about it because mm-hmm. like, that's not my I have to wait for the invitation. Like, so projectors, we don't generate our own energy. We take Mm -hmm. other people's energy and we take it on and we like mix it up and hand it back to you. Mm. So for example, with a projector, I I make so little energy that projectors are supposed to sleep with a plant in their room because they're supposed to absorb the plant's energy at night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a very common thing they say with projectors. You should always have like a plant. And we should also, if you can, sleep alone. Because sleeping with somebody, it's too much energy. 
which is why a lot of times projectors do not couple up because it's mm. like, you know, or you're a couple and then you have your own room or you're a couple and like you go home, like, you know, and it's not to say that's all the time because like there's like projector, projector situations and stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like one of those things where people are like, oh yeah, projectors, like need a plant. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't keep a plant yeah. alive to save my life. Um, <laughs> wow, this is like blown my mind. Like, I don't even know. I, I just like, this is so much more, uh, more interesting, I feel like than a birth chart almost, but I really, really like this. Uh, keepers, if you want to get your human, uh, your human design, all I did was Google my human design and I found a website and you just type in your, it's very similar to typing in your birth chart and everything popped up and um i'm sure there's books and play and stuff you oh, can read about all this. of it yeah of it. there's i always say so the like and you can get really into it like they have personality types like mine is five one which is the same mm-hmm. as jesus and martin luther king so mm-hmm. you're the kind of person so basically what that means is i thought it was really interesting because i've seen this pattern in my life is where people either mm-hmm. think i'm really really they'll think i'm really great for a period of time Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm the devil. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's, I'm like, wait, there's an in-between here. I'm not, I'm not as great as you think I am, but I'm really not as bad as you think I am either. Um, <laughs> and, and so I was like, oh, that actually kind of, you know, it was, for me, it was insight into a pattern that mm-hmm. I had in my life repeatedly of mm-hmm. people. And I was like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's okay. Like you're not responsible for other people's projections onto you. And it was mm-hmm. very like freeing for me. So I encourage people to look into it. It's very good stuff. You know, what's interesting is that you say things like that, but I feel like we as humans, um, it goes back to like ancient, ancient times. We do this with celebrities a lot, I would say, is we, um, you know, we idol worship, idol worship, idol worship, and then we need to tear them down immediately. So maybe that's something that's happening to you because you're Jesus and Martin Luther King. Yeah, it's, you know? yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it was, it's like when I was like, wow, all these people have been assassinated. Should I be concerned? Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I mean, I think anyone who's, you know, done any any historical research on Martin Luther King realizes that he was like an amazing leader, but he was also a very flawed human being in a lot of ways. Um, and same with know, Jesus, exactly same with Jesus. <laughs> like it all, it all. Yeah. Like it, nobody is nobody is as perfect or as bad as you know. We tend we tend you to make- want people to be one thing or the other, and really nobody it- is. It really goes back to like ancient tribal times when we would um, have the person that we would hype up, hype, hype, hype up, and then they would be the sacrificial lamb yes. to us. Yeah, exactly. No, I swear to God, it's, yeah. it's it's like really subconscious in our brains. And that's why we, you know, we tend to celebrity worship. I, I use Britney Spears as the ultimate example. She was worshipped and then fucking torn apart. And then finally, now I feel like she's able to actually be a human after like, years and years and years of ups and downs and worship and torn apart and worship and torn apart. And I feel like she's finally able to take a step back and be like, I'm a human, but it all goes back to these ancient, ancient times when we had these tribes where we would like, it it was usually, I, I, you know, we would, we would have this person and just, you know, we would like as, as a society or whatever, the little tribe would worship, worship, worship them. And then that would be the sacrificial person that would end up taking the fall for the entire tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's, you know, it, it, what 
everyone has their own, you know, it's interesting. There was, there was like one of my friends is a, the same as Obama. And I guess mm. Obama lives in this one where it's a third, a third and a third. So all your life is going to be basically divided up into like 30 year increments. And every 30 years, your life's going to take a big change. So around, you know, 35, he got into politics. So I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting when you get into them and you see the people, but, um, you know, all this stuff, the thing about all the human design or astrology stuff is mm-hmm. it's only as useful as it's useful to you. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mm-hmm. get anything out of it, then ignore it. But I got a lot out of it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so where I did agree. you, where did you find the number thing in the human design? Is that just on another type of website? It, it might've been on a different website, um, mm-hmm. it, but it's like the overall chart. So there's a chart. Um, and when you look mm-hmm. at the chart, the numbers are in the chart. Um, oh, is it these like highlighted ones right here? Yeah. Well, I don't know which one. It, yeah, but it's like that chart. Yeah. So then your your right. personality definition is in there. And that's your system mm-hmm. of energy. It's how the energy moves around your body and how it interacts with other energy systems. Hmm. Well, my chart definitely tells me that I need to be in caves. And it says places where you can choose who you're around, such as your home or social settings, you have some control over, which is so true about me. Mm-hmm. And then it says my strongest sense is feeling. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, you you guys, it's probably like, I, I'm kind of the same way. It's like, I'm really good at events where I, it's my mm-hmm. event. I am in control. Mm-hmm. I know who's there. But the second mm-hmm. you throw me in a Costco or a Walmart or some other situation where I have no control, I get so much anxiety. That's so true. If it's like something where I like, I really want to be there, like a concert or, you know, my own events that I put on or whatever, going to your event was great because I knew people there. But uh, grocery shopping yes. gives me high super high anxiety. Mm-hmm. Even if I have a list or anything, I have to sit there and just like, like I, 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 I count to myself or I'll, I'll have to listen to music or something because I'm like, Oh my God, everybody's staring at me. I'm, I'm picking out meat wrong. Yeah. I don't know where this comes from, but yeah. I, I agree with that. I had a weird anxiety today. I was thinking about how the mailman doesn't like me because I don't pick up my mail enough. same problem with my mailman because I don't pick up my mail enough either but but I was like he doesn't care why like and after I had the thought I was like no there's no way he cares whether I picked up my mail or not like there's no way but like I realized I was like building up this story about this mailman hating me and I've never even met the guy (laughs) I saw a a meme once that says our anxiety is just us making up conspiracy theories about ourselves and nothing has ever hit me that hard Mm. yeah (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's one of the the great things about getting older is you kind of start to realize when your brain is thinking thoughts that aren't true Mm -hmm. to where when you were younger, you just let your brain think them and then you acted on them. Um, And as you get older, you get to kind of identify those thoughts and be like, hey, is that what I want to think? No, I'm going to do some reprogramming here and be positive about it. What would you say your biggest reprogramming has been? Um, my biggest reprogramming. Um, probably just the definition of, you know, what it takes to be a happy person 
I think I always, mm-hmm. when I, when I started, especially when I was 25, I, I was like newly divorced. I moved to Hollywood and I had like all these like I, things I wanted. Um, and the nice thing about COVID is it took away a lot of the things that I had in my life. And I just kind of had to get happy sitting at my house. And that was such a blessing. And I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. in the book is that if, if you're happy where you're at, you're just going to keep attracting more stuff on that vibration. It really is like, that's the trick to life is mm-hmm. love where you're at and, and appreciating what you have. And as soon mm-hmm. as you get on that vibration of appreciation and love, like that's what is brought to you. Um, but it's, it's an easier thing said than done. And you really have to go through it to kind of <laughs> very few people. But it, but- and it's it's our default. Yes. Mm-hmm. Happiness our, our is default. our default. <laughs> it, happiness and love is our default. It's mm-hmm. just that if you have an internal dialogue that's telling you a story because of situations you were in your life where you're like, I can't be happy unless I have X, you're, you're missing the boat because mm-hmm. you're way off the mark on your emotional guidance system because happiness is the default. Mm-hmm. You know? But mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's one of the lessons in life is that, you know, we start we all start out love and then we go through experiences in life and we learn programming. And then mm-hmm. at some point we get enough agency to be like, OK, I'm going to reprogram myself so I can go back to where I was, mm-hmm. which is your home frequency. I love that. And like I said, at the the top of the show, I learned a lot about what I was going through very specifically in regards to that from your guys's book. Cause I was like, Oh, well, once I, it's all about like getting out of your own situation too. If you're in an unhappy situation, you need to get out of it. I was in a very unhappy work situation and I recognized it really quick. And I was like, okay, I'm the only one who has the power to get out of this. But also I, w- I would just tell myself instead of like, be happy now and attract the job you want. Once I get out of here, I will be happy. And once I, kind of flip that into be happy now and you'll attract the type of career you want things fell into place who knew exactly (laughs) and I mean one thing I'll say about Kat that's been life-changing for me is like I always joke that if I could find a position just to have her like as like master director of mindset she's so good at reminding you that your only job is to be happy um (laughs) And I think more people need friends like that who aren't reminding mm-hmm. them what their obligations are and what their mm-hmm. people think they should do and what the world thinks they should do. But friends who are like, what makes you happy? Like the goal is happy. Like we're aiming for happy. Like that's yeah. that's the goal. And if you're not there, remove the stuff that's keeping you from getting there. And, um, you know, if, and if you don't have people in your life who think that there, there's there's tons of communities online of positive people. There's tons of negative stuff on the internet too. But the really cool thing about the internet is you kind of get whatever you want out of it. So if you want to mm-hmm. find a positive group of people online, you can find that as well. If it's not something that necessarily exists in your mm-hmm. circle that you're in. And um, one of the things I think that was really good advice for me, somebody was like, if you don't have the mentors or the people in your life directly around you that you want, you can find them in podcasts and books like these don't have to be people that you interact with in real life is and the goal Mm -hmm. is to get real life people right like the goal is Mm -hmm. to get your energy to that point 
But if mm-hmm. you need to start by listening to some Tim Ferriss podcast or keeping it casual podcast, then like do that, right. you know? <laughs> I, I agree with that. I mean, and then sometimes you can bring those people that you have in your ears or that you read their words into your life. Um, Pamela Debar, my, my writing mentor, she is such a light in my life very specifically. And I read her book. I'm with the band when I was 16 years old. And I was like, she was a groupie. I want to be a groupie. I had my time as a groupie. Um, And then one day I was randomly on Twitter and she said, Hey, I'm doing a writing class in Las Vegas. And I was like, Holy shit. And I've been almost 10 years now. I've been one of her students and um, you know, it's, it's very much like, your heroes can become a part of your life if they're meant to be there. I feel like hundred percent. There's a few people that when I saw their work, I had a lightning bolt feeling inside my Mm -hmm. chest. And I've told this story Mm -hmm. to Kat, but when I was in college, there was a, I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There was a TV special called live nude comedy on Netflix. And it was uh, a comedian and then a burlesque performer and a comedian and then a burlesque mm-hmm. performer. And this was probably five, six years before I moved to LA. And I remember this girl came out with long blonde dreads and a bull whip. And she did this burlesque act where she like whipped a daisy flower out of a guy's mouth. And I just was like, this is the coolest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Fast forward five years later, I'm in LA, like two days. I sign up for a yoga studio. I roll out my mat mm-hmm. and I look next to me and she's on the mat next to me. But even <gasps> then, I was too pussy to say anything to her. And then what turns out is she's like this major burlesque performer in LA. So like there was like, as soon as I got into burlesque, there was like, no way I could avoid her. And I probably Mm -hmm. knew her five years before I told her the story of how I watched her in college and felt like I manifested her on a yoga mat next to me. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. I I am all about manifesting people into your life. I did it with Mm -hmm. my favorite podcasters. I did it with some of my favorite authors Um, and keepers. You guys can do it too. Yes. Um, we have been on this call for an hour and a half and this is going to be a lot. So I want to, I always want to end on a high note. I mean, this has been quite Mm -hmm. such an inspiring episode and I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your, your evenings to meet with me. But I always like to end on a really, really high note where I take something that's just kind of like mundane through everybody's life and then ask a question. So when my keepers or myself or you are feeling very blah, like you, we all have blah days. We can't always be on this high elevation. What's something you do to bring yourself back up to that higher elevation? Mushrooms. No, I'm just kidding. Um... Well, I mean, mushrooms are very fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Microdosing, um, babes. Microdosing. I don't care. <laughs> I recommend microdosing. No, um, I for me, movement. Um. Uh movement my body always has the answers it is you know i can always feel my feelings in my body and working out um if i'm in a bad mood instantly raises my vibration Mm -hmm. because the whole point is just to raise your vibration or music um we have Mm -hmm. a whole chapter in the book about how just like music and dance even if you need to artificially do it just to boost your mood is a great tool 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are actually both of the examples I was going to use too, um, mm-hmm. to get a little more specific. I recently bought a jump rope on Amazon, <gasps> uh, which is like my new favorite thing because five minutes with a jump rope, I feel like changes my perspective and it's a really easy, like sometimes you're like, Oh, I got to go for a run. I'm doing a 5k next week. And I'm like, I got to mm-hmm. go for a run, but I don't have enough time. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's something that like I throw in a bag and then mm-hmm. I'm like, I have five minutes to jump rope and it's like the bouncing, it's the up down movement. Also trampoline, like, you know, all these things that are like this mm-hmm. will really get your mood elevated. I feel like if you need to get pumped up, mm-hmm. um, I also have a uh, playlist on my Spotify that's called high frequency and every song on there has uh something in me that inspires me and or is a story mm. in my life so like uh, my mom uh was very into uh the pirates of the caribbean music because it was so inspiring so like yo that ho yo ho a pirate that one <laughs> no 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 it, the the uh from like the uh, the movies the movies like okay. that like do it's like very like inspiring and epic um i I feel that way about the jurassic park music it always gets me so like oh i agree i agree there's something about that music uh i i just got off of watching the olympics with my aunt Mm -hmm. and um we watched a lot of figure skating and Mm. we were watching uh, somebody did hallelujah and there is something about hallelujah that it just looks fucking gorgeous with mm-hmm. ice skating because of the mm-hmm. lines and like the skirts and the mm-hmm. lifts and like and then we were like oh let's watch the mother hallelujahs on youtube to see what other people had done and every single time i was like this is a great song to ice skate to in the way that there are certain songs that i'm like why would you pick this song because this is not an inspiring song and like mm-hmm. ice skating like ballet is about being etheric it's like being mm-hmm. fairy like doing things that just look to defy the human experience Mm -hmm. and those songs get you more in the mood they get you primed so Mm -hmm. everybody in my opinion should know what your songs are Mm -hmm. you know whatever those songs Mm -hmm. are like um uh so so uh one of my my spotify top list from last year number Mm -hmm. one was uh this song's going to get stuck in your head from uh, the Lego movie, the second Lego movie, because it's just like a fun song and it's just uh-huh. this happy song. And it's like a joke song where it's like, this song's going to get stuck inside you. This song's going to get stuck inside you. And it's just very happy mm-hmm. in the way that I love Flo Rider. Like, because mm-hmm. his song, his song's so happy. He's just happy. So it's like, you can listen to the songs and you, you get out of being in a bad mood because mm-hmm. you're like, it's just fun. You want fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, knowing having that playlist is very nice because it's like i just go to it yeah if i need mm. it my go-to song yeah. is coolio's gangster's paradise in case you were wondering mm. yes awesome. <laughs> it's in the book it's in the book in the but book. it is like it's my go-to my yeah. um my happy music right now has been father john misty i mean uh he's he's my king like he is mm-hmm. like you know it, it, he's always on my like what's that list your hall pass list like mm. father john misty is yeah, like, yeah. Or, or 
yeah he's always at the top of it but his music there's something about it when i'm listening to it i just feel very free and very happy and when like he has a song called real love baby and when it comes on i'm just like our hearts are free you know and it just it puts me in that i'm at I, I obviously never got to go to Woodstock, but I'm at Woodstock and he wasn't there either, but whatever. Yeah. I'm at Woodstock and that I'm dancing naked in the mud. That's yeah. kind of how I feel. Like that's that, that, that mindset, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like whatever gets you to that point. Mm-hmm. The goal is okay. to be high vibe. Uh, yeah. Keepers, get the high vibe on. Uh, Kitty, Julia, you guys are so amazing. Um, once again, uh, can you drop your social medias and um, all, everything, pinups on tour, you guys, and then um, where people can get the book just one more time so my keepers can uh, figure out where to find you. And you guys have a tour coming up. Yeah. And you're going to be in San Antonio soon too, right? Yeah, we're, we're going to be all <laughs> over. So um, if you want to check out the tour dates for pinups on tour, we are on all the socials at pinups on tour or online pinupsontour.com. The book, mm-hmm. uh, Beauty is an Inside Job, 30 Practical Magic Lessons from the Bewitching World to Burlesque, can be found on Amazon or wherever you get your books. We have it in Audible, digital, and print format. Um, and then I highly recommend diving into our YouTube channel that is Cat and I's Baby. It has 1.7 million views on YouTube. And there's hundreds and hundreds of videos from performers all across the country, as well as interviews with burlesque legends um, and other women that we just find, and men, that we find super inspirational in this art form. Yeah. Yeah. I have a tendency to like, love interviewing women more but every now and then I'm like you're a really inspirational dude can I have you come on but I love I the the whole point is like I want to feel like I'm sitting around and having a cocktail with my girlfriends so I do have one more question Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. this is gonna be a hard-hitting one okay (laughs) and it's all about me um if I were to come and say hey teach me burlesque what would you give me as my burlesque name and alter ego um oh my gosh that's so hard because people usually have to pick it themselves it's usually from inside you um where are you from originally are you from vegas los angeles you're from los angeles okay yes san gabriel valley area okay and do you have who did you find really your- sexy as a kid? Like, who did you look up to that was really sexy as a kid? Like, Jessica Rabbit or Marilyn Monroe or? Morticia Adams. Okay. And um, like I said, I was a big fan of Interview with a Vampire as a kid. So, Lestat. Are you, ex- are you really excited the TV show is coming out? The new For- Interview with a Vampire TV show is coming out. No. Mm. Less we'll see. I'll give it. I'll mm-hmm. give it. I'll give it. Um, Bella Lugosi. I mean, he and I have the same birthday, so I've always had a very kindred and sexy connection to him. Yeah. yeah those are kind of like my big ones. Okay. Yeah. So I think I have my name for you. I think I would mm-hmm. name you Vamp B. Ooh, Vamp B. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, and I would go with Legs Lugosi. Oh, legs Bogosi. It's really great because I'm so short. It- <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I was gonna go with like boobs go see because I have like really giant knockers, but like <laughs> boobs I like are great. Yeah, <laughs> boobs, boobs are, are great. <laughs> but I love yeah. the legs thing because that's what I desire in life. I always tend to like really gravitate towards taller people because I'm like, hey, what's it like up there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for carving out time out of your evening. I'm so blessed to have, uh, you know, Julia had to have met you in person yeah. and been able to see you. And Kat, thank you so much. And I hope You're I get welcome. to see you performing soon. And yeah. um, keepers, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.